We have a really fun special treat for you guys today. Um, Pastor Jake did an interview with his mom, Pastor Kim from Joy Church Medford in honor of Mother's Day. I'm so excited to be able to watch this with you guys. So let's go ahead and tune into that right now. Hey everybody, good to see you guys on live stream. So good to be with you. Pastor Jake here from Joy Church and I am joined today on Mother's Day with one of the most amazing, incredible people ever, my mom, who is joining me. This is my mom, Kim Schmelzer. And so Hello. this is very dangerous for both of us. It is. She doesn't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what she's going to say, but we're in this whole pandemic COVID-19 thing. And so we thought, hey, for Mother's Day, why don't we just have a lot of fun with this and be encouraged? And so I'm going to do an interview with my mom. So Woo. thank you for being here. So tell, for those that don't know you, I mean, I mean uh, I'm mean, i going to ask you some, some really good questions uh, here in a second. Okay. Those that don't know you, maybe introduce yourself and your role and what you do. Okay. I mean, other than being my mom, right, which is the most important role, of course, that you have. That is the most important, being a mom to Jake. And then I do have three other kids. I have to mention them. Uh, Gino, Natalie, actually the order is Natalie, then Gino, and then Johnny. And of course, to have all that happen, there had to be a wonderful husband named Steve. And uh, we are uh, pastors of a church, Joy Medford. We've been there for 39 years. And so I have served there in probably every capacity. I was the original children's pastor, worship pastor, uh, admin, all of that. And now I function more in a, uh, kind of an executive pastor role. And it's super fun. So that's kind of me. And awesome. I mean, obviously just for the record, just, just to be clear, there are other children, but, <laughs> but I was first, you were, you so, were first. For, you know, either first is worst or, uh, or it was your best shot and I got all the good stuff and that's <laughs> just got leftovers. No, I don't think so. But, um, my first question was how did you raise such an amazing first son? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I think it was kind of a miracle actually. We're wondering the same thing ourselves. <laughs> Humble and uh, <laughs> godly. No, just, very handsome. Yes, it's true. Well, at least Bethany thinks so. I hope. I hope so. She, <laughs> she says that to me. Uh, in all seriousness, um, one of the things that you know I really appreciate about my mom, and I think as an encouragement to everybody that's watching this, and this is, hey, if you're a dad watching this, this is actually going to be for you. Some of these questions are going to be focused on moms, but other questions are going to be focused on being a spiritual parent and being a dad. So. Don't, don't tune out if you're watching this as a dad. This is going to be good. Um, let me give you this question first. So being a mom, as we know, not from personal experience myself, but from <laughs> observation, <laughs> uh, being a mom is a full-time job in time and in value impact, right? It's, 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 not, mm -hmm. it's not like a secondary thing. It's a, it's a full-time job. But especially now, and, and probably always been this way, but especially now, almost no moms get to do that exclusively, right? No, mm -hmm. very few moms just get to be a mom. They all wear a lot of hats. Um, yeah. But what advice do you have for multitasking uh, moms? Wow, that's a great question. I think uh, I think moms are really well suited to multitasking because throughout history, we've had to multitask. You realize back in the days where it was more of an agricultural environment, uh, the wife always helped with the farm and all of those things. So I think women have always had to multitask. I think we were kind of designed by God a bit that way. I think some things I would say, one is I think you have to spend uh, your first time, give your first time, if you're especially as a Christian mom, to God. I know for me, I found that um, if I didn't have that time with God, 
uh, to kind of get my day centered. And I, I use that time not only for spiritual things, <clears throat> but I would pray. And sometimes God would remind me of something I needed on my grocery list or just different things like that. That really helped. I think another aspect that I wish I had learned earlier, but I, I didn't, I think I know it more now is don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, I was kind of, I kind of came from the era where uh, the mom did kind of all the inside work. The dad did everything on the outside and uh, I didn't really uh, leave it to Beaver, leave it to Beaver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The, the June Cleaver kind of era. So I didn't really ask for a lot of help. I, I just sort of had this, I don't know that I had a martyr complex, but I just tried to do a lot of it myself. And I think for women today, I would say, man, ask your husband can't read your mind. And uh, so, exactly. so <laughs> and if he did, he, and if he could read it, he might not want to know what was in there at some moments. So I think, you know, asking both your husband, your help, training your kids to help, and then even other resources, you know, just don't try to be like superwoman. So there's my long answer. No, that's a good answer. That's great. That's really helpful. I think too, like context, I remember growing up and, you know, you were homeschooling us as kids. So I was homeschooled by you predominantly. I mean, dad says that his, his contribution was (laughs) because he spoke it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of Spanglish because we learned some of that too. Um, and maybe a few words in German here and there, but other than <laughs> that, you know, you were homeschooling us kids. Um, and, uh, you were also though, not just being a mom to us and being a teacher and homeschooler, but you were also really leading, co-leading the church. And mm-hmm. so you, you, you were, you were, like, in other words, I want to qualify your answer and say, you know what you're talking about when it comes to multitasking, because you did that. Yeah. That was the, the journey. Um, yes. just kind of unpacking on that question a little bit, parking on it a bit. I think that, and again, I don't speak from personal experience, lest anyone think I am a mother. I am not. <laughs> I am a father and I can speak with a small amount of authority in that area. But, um, <laughs> but, um, I think that, that one of the challenges that moms potentially face is some guilt when they are Mm-hmm. doing different things. I mean, moms who have to be out working yeah. or, or in families, this is very common nowadays where the mom and the dad both work. Yeah. So it's not like that cleaver, leave it to beaver, you know, June cleaver, ward cleaver type mm-hmm. life. Um, it's not the, Hey, I'll, br- you bring home the bacon, I'll cook it. It's not like that now. So mm-hmm. what do you, what about kind of the guilt maybe that moms would face when they feel like they have to be doing a bunch of different things? What would you say about that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think I think feeling guilty as a parent, whether it's a mom or dad, is almost comes with the territory because you come and God gives you these treasures, these children, and you have no idea. I can tell a funny story. I had you, you're my firstborn. Uh, you were a whopping one week old. And I remember we were brand new pastors and a lady called me from the church that had a baby like a week or two later. And she was asking me for parenting advice. And I still laugh at that. I knew nothing. And I remember just kind of trying to fumble through something from my one week of great experience. But I think that guilt goes is kind of goes with the territory because you, you are so invested in these beautiful children that God gave you. And I think uh, what I had to do is I had to just really continually go to God for that confidence that he gave, gave, you know, Steve and I, the children that he was going to give us the right answers and all those things. And I think I had to see it as a journey and not like if, if, if one day was kind of a flop, uh, there was always tomorrow. And if one week was not the best, even one year wasn't the best, that it was a journey. And so um, I think I think I really went to God for that, for that confidence. 
And I think it's just part of the journey to fill that guilt and just know you got to just kind of trust God with it. It's really good. That's awesome. I think that that it's such so true that every parent, moms and dads, we we all feel guilt uh, because mm-hmm. we're so, and it's probably a good thing, not the guilt itself, but it shows how much you really care. Yeah, about absolutely. Your kid. You know, you you want the absolute best for them, and I and and yet all of us are flawed human beings, and we're going mm-hmm. to pass on some good and some bad. Yeah, and um, we have to trust our kids with to Christ, you know, and believe that He ultimately and to God that He will ultimately be the 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 best example of a, of a father to them, you know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Next <clears throat> question. Moving on through this. This is good stuff. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying this and uh, hanging out on the live stream. Um. So you you mom have four grown full grown children. Obviously, we and also you have George, uh, uh, who's a foster son and part of our family. Yeah doing a great job. He's a work in progress, not a yes. finished master <laughs> like the man you see. Unless <laughs> anyone think I'm actually serious. This is all joking, but, um, so there's four of us grown kids, uh, myself, Natalie, Gino, Johnny, um, all married except for Johnny. So if you're a single lady, uh, there is one alter man up for grabs, but he's hard. <laughs> he's, he's busy. Um, will you talk just about pastoring your kids' hearts through the stages of development? So, you can break that up how you want. If you want to talk about age, um, if you want to talk about seasons of life, just maybe speak to pastoring the, our, us kids' hearts through each season. Okay. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of parenting. It was something that Steve and I, when each of our kids uh, were born, and before they were born, we really prayed and said, God, we want our kids to know you. We want them to um, have a passionate heart for you. And then we really believed what the Bible said, which was that children were like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And we, we believe that each one of our kids were different. You've heard that phrase, treat everybody the same by treating them different. Every one of your kids, and for us, each one of them, Jake, Natalie, Gino, Johnny, had their own strength and their own bent. And so whether it was in their education as we homeschooled, whether it was just raising them um, you know, as Christians, just as good human beings, we really sought God to kind of find out what were their strengths, what was that thing that was going to make their heart sing? And then we tailored their education. We tailored our discipline. We kind of tailored everything towards that. I can give you an example. Uh, Gino, our son Gino, was really into uh, wanting to do videos and movies and things like that. And I remember just praying. And at first we kind of thought, well, maybe that's just kind of a, a whimsical part of his journey. But we really realized, no, it was something God had put there. And so even as a Christmas gift one year, I prayed and I went online and I just looked for books that were um, about how to like create movies on a budget, things like that, and bought this package of gifts and gave them to him at Christmas. And it was basically a gift that said, we believe in, in that dream that God has given you. And I think sometimes as parents, we don't realize just the, I mean, it's a great responsibility, but it's a great joy that we have to steward the gift that God has put in each one of our kids. And that takes a lot of prayer. You're kind of guessing sometimes you don't always get it right. But, and I think, it, you know, you think, well, does that only start as teenagers? No, you start seeing those little gifts in them as children. You know, even as babies, you see that leadership gift or you see that great compassion. I remember um, just our granddaughter, Evie, one time I was going through something and I think she was maybe, I don't think she was even hardly over a year old. And I started to cry. It was at a table and she just reached her hand and kind of put it around me and comforted me. And I, I, I realized Evie has that gift of compassion. And that kind of a prophetic gift. 
And so you start seeing those things in your kids and, and God will give you kind of keys to their heart. If I can throw in just a book recommendation right there, there's a really excellent book that helped me called The Key to Your Child's Heart. I believe it's by Gary Smalley, but um, it really helps you kind of kind of intersect with that thing that is is that 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 that's kind of I'm kind of mumbling that key to your child's heart that thing that makes their heart sing and I think if you can parent toward that yeah. it helps with your discipline otherwise sometimes you're frustrating your kids yeah. and and you're disciplining them but it's not going anywhere and you're wondering why why aren't they learning well because maybe you're not tapping into that heart that God put in them and God will give you keys on how to kind of reach them. I don't know if that makes sense, but that makes a lot of sense. That's a really good answer. And I think anybody with kids and and anybody that's going to have children in the future, this is a really important lesson because all of us, we, we have our definition or our idea of what's true or what's right. And I'm not Mm -hmm. speaking morally so much as just the way we see the world. Yeah. Some of us are very, you know, disciplined and like everything has to be perfectly in order. Like for me, I'm a, I'm a, on the Enneagram, I'm a one. So I'm very in order, but like my daughter, Evie, who you're mentioning, she's very kind of artistic and free. Yeah. And so I've had to like adapt a little bit and recognize the way she's going to do the right thing for her. Like how she's going to operate is very different. Mm-hmm. Than I would approach things, but, but she has these skills yeah. abilities that I will never have. I always tell her, yeah. I always tell Evie, like you have this great, big, huge emotional radar, you know, this big satellite dish and it's very <laughs> sensitive to pick up, you know, she'll pick yeah. up like, the emotions of people and she can actually pick it mm-hmm. up and almost start emoting herself. That's actually a gift, but, but we have to yes. go through that, you know, as, yeah. a, as a child. So really good. Yeah. I think you're, you're yeah, you're pastoring your kids through those things really. You're, yeah. and that's so beautiful. And for people that are hearing the word pastor, your kids, you know, cause we're talking about that, like pastoring, you don't have to be a pastor. A pastor is a no. shepherd. So we're talking about shepherding, you know, your, your kids obviously aren't sheep. They actually act like more like wild animals than sheep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wild goat. Yeah. But, uh, we're, we're shepherding them. We're, we're, we're helping them, you know, bring some direction in their life, which I think is yeah. a lost art in modern parenting. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think that a lot of parents these days, they sort of have this hands-off approach of like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to control my kids. So I'm going to let them find their own way. But actually children need that direction, right? They, yeah. they yes. need some, some parameters and they actually crave it. It helps them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having conversations with our kids and cause sometimes they can't see those things. I can tell a funny story about Natalie. Uh, Natalie had we seen all that- funny stories about Natalie. <laughs> She had seen the the thing where she wanted to become a nurse practitioner. And I think it was because we had a nurse practitioner in our family uh, as a family friend that made a lot of money. So yeah. she thought, this is what I want to do. So I was I homeschooling saw her. her. Dollar signs flash in her eyes. We <laughs> yeah. heard how much this person made. We're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, this is a job for us. So I remember saying, yeah. okay, well, because we tried to raise our kids. And, and I'll, I'll throw this in and then into the story. We tried to raise our kids with as many yeses as we could. The no's were for those things. They had to have a no, but we really tried to make yes, the main word in our family. <clears throat> so I was telling Natalie, yes, you could become a nurse practitioner. But then I took her through the journey. Uh, do you like math? Uh, no. Do you like science? No. Do you, well, these are things you're going to, we're going to have to shift your whole homeschool curriculum for this. And I remember watching her, her face and the dollar signs dwindled and she realized, no, I think I'll stay on the trajectory I'm on. But that's just an example of kind of leading not just saying, no, no, that's stupid. Don't we, we kill dreams. But say, okay, well, let's look at it. And now what would be the steps to get there? 
It's really good. That's really good. Um, okay, let's keep moving through these questions. This is all really good stuff. And I believe everybody's going to get really a lot of blessing out of this and uh, this will help them in their journey. Because we all care. No stories about you yet. I haven't told uh, one yet. I uh, those are going to get edited out, I think. <laughs> um, how do you stay healthy in marriage while raising a family? Well, you have good questions. Uh, I think, I think again, it's, it's kind of a journey. I think you have to keep, you have to keep dating your husband. I think Steve and I really realized that um, our kids were awesome, but they weren't going to be in our life forever in the same way. Yeah. They were going to get married. And, and so we had to keep uh, our marriage fresh. So we dated, we laugh, uh, we, we enjoy each other. And I think we put our marriage really high, a real high priority, you know, in terms of, we didn't have a lot of money. It's not the money. It's not how fancy the date is. It's just time together. And so we kind of built that into our world. Um, I think you have to be careful not to let the kids kind of wheedle in between you. Uh, they know how to work uh, mom and work dad. And uh, so we had to work at that. But I, you know, I think we really saw our life and as one life. So it wasn't like, well, here's our marriage. Now here's our parenting. Now here's our pastor in the church. We had one life and the kids were part of that. And, uh, and we just, we just did life together. And so it, it made it, I think it made it a better adventure than having like these separate little categorized parts of our life. That's good. That's really good. Um, we could talk about that a lot, but I think let's keep going. Uh, some good questions ahead. So one of them kind of on this note, talking about marriage, bringing dads into the picture here, what would you say to dads about their role and what they can help moms with? So, you know, this is your chance to speak to the men of America, the dads of America, and share with them wisdom from a mom's perspective. What, what, what about dad's roles and what can they help with? You know, and it was very valuable. From yeah. Perspective. Okay. I think that's a, a good, a great question. Again, um, I tell people that one of the greatest gifts that Steve gave me was that I could count on him. Um, he was, he was predictable in the sense I knew he loved me. I knew he was faithful. I knew that he was going to back my play with the kids. Um, I knew that if I was being kind of crazy and it goes, yes. Um, he, he, he also, and I would say this, I'm using that word pastor again, but I would tell the men, know your wife, get to know her and pray for her, love her. When you see she's kind of going kooky, don't just, uh, don't just yell at her and say, why don't you, you know, I remember with Steve, sometimes he'd come home and I'd be a little crazy. It'd been a crazy day. And he'd ask me this question, which wasn't a wise one. Did you do your devotions today? And I would be like, no, I did. How could you ask me that? But, but seriously, he would, he would find ways to just kind of lift that load of, of just loving me. And I think that was really important. He also really knew our kids. I tell people if they had only been raised with me, it would have been the church lady because I could be pretty serious. Um, he brought a lot of the humor and the lightness into our family. And I think for dads, um, sometimes you have to do that, especially in a more traditional um, environment where the mom is home with the kids and she's been there all day and it's kind of crazy. Um, you come in and there's tension. Um, bring that levity. Uh, sometimes just say, let's go out for pizza <laughs> instead of making your cook. Do the dishes, vacuum, help. Uh, I think those are all really important things. But um, And then I think just for dads, um, one thing that my husband was really good at, there's a scripture in the Bible that says dads don't um, provoke your kids to wrath. Don't frustrate your kids. Um, dads really try not to frustrate your kids. It's one thing to discipline them and correct them, but man, know their heart. 
uh, get to know them, be, be their, be their parent, but also have those conversations, really watch out for their soul. And when you do that, man, you are, you're, you're going to be your wife's hero, their mom's hero, because she sees that relationship that you're building. I, I love the relationship that I see that my husband has with our kids that, that doesn't, I'm not jealous of it. I love it. It's beautiful. <clears throat> That's awesome. Really. Was that a good answer? Was that okay? Oh yeah. Very good. These are off the cuff. I'm these are off the cuff. Yeah. I did not <laughs> give her these questions. I literally said, mom, let, I think this would be a great, you know, thing to do for this Sunday. So everybody, you can send her a message and send her a Starbucks card or whatever, because she's doing that off the cuff, but these are really good answers. I actually think they're better answers because they're just heartfelt and real, you know, cool. send uh, the Starbucks card to Bethany because she married Jake and is such a beautiful wife. <laughs> yeah. She'll share too. So that's the nice thing that's true. of a sharing relationship. Yeah. Um, being a mom requires a lot of pouring out. That is a yes. statement, right? We agree with that. Um, again, I don't know that from experience, but from observation, it requires a lot of pouring out. How do you as a mom stay or get filled up again? So you can keep pouring out, you know, how do you keep fresh and filled in your life? Yeah. Um, I tell a funny story. Um, Natalie reminded me of this, even I think last night when I would be really exhausted at the end of a day, sometimes, and Jake might remember this, I would tell the kids, kids, the mom part of me is closed now. There's no more mom left. And so that part of me is now closed and will reopen tomorrow for, for business. I, I actually use those words because I would just be done. Um, I think the power of a new day, uh, getting a good night's rest. But seriously, two things that I think that really helped me. One, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says um, about the Proverbs 31 woman, she smiles at the future. I think joy um, is a choice. And I think uh, really just choosing to have an environment in your home, an atmosphere of joy. Um, it meant that sometimes on homeschool days where things were getting crazy and the kids were not learning and I was getting ready to explode, I would just say, we're going to take a day off school. I don't we're remember having any of those days. Did that actually happen? I don't know if I was. I don't in, think that so. was, the it was, it was It was never you and Natalie. Yeah. Ha -ha. Never. never. But I would just, we would have a fun day. I think, I think keeping fun Mm -hmm. in, in your life and having some joy and, and really making room for that. And I think the second thing, and this sounds maybe uh, cliche, but specifically as a, as a Christian, I think having that daily time with God, um, that quiet time where you're, it's just some time for you and God to kind of get your thoughts together, to pray, to refuel. Um, for a person maybe that isn't a Christian, I would encourage you, man, <laughs> knowing God is the key to being a great parent, yeah. but you need that time or you're refueling. And so I, I made that a commitment every day. Um, I would miss some days. I might fall asleep during my devotions and those, especially when the kids were little, but it was something that I made a, a commitment to that I think made all the difference in the world. My daily time, my pastor's wife, Dick Iverson's wife, Edie shared in a message one time, the greatest gift that you can give your husband. And I would say to your family, she said, is your personal relationship with God staying fresh? And so for me, I mean, that was key. Yeah. That's so really those were two things. And I can say from personal experience, I remember seeing you getting up early, drinking your tea. You know, even as I got older and living in the house as a teenager, you always kept that fresh and still do. Just putting your relationship with God first. And I think too, like I'll say this for moms, because I think sometimes, you know, Bethany and I talk about this a lot. Like a lot of the teaching that comes out about devotions and time with God is really kind of <laughs> from man's perspective of like, I get up early and I have my <laughs> alone time, two hours with God. 
And that's not <laughs> realistic when the little kids are coming in going, mom, I want a banana. No, I get, because we're all in quarantine right now, I get to experience this as well. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there and going to go onto the mountain with God. And he's just ready to hand me the 10 commandments on the stone tablet. And then somebody's yelling in my ear about a banana and it just, out. but, um, being a mom and, and just anybody doing your devotions, it doesn't have to look a certain particular way. No. Like, there's an up and down in life with rhythm and with kids and relationships. Yep. And, you know, you fit, we, we, we prioritize God, but he also is gracious with us to allow yep. for the, the, the phases of life and all that. So yeah, kind of, sorry, I didn't mean, do you want to say something on that? No, I was just going to add in and just say, I think that's huge for not going, going back to that guilt question. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we put God in this box where we think he's just going to get mad at us. If everything's not formulaic, he's not, he loves us. Good. And he's very, you know, I think those mornings when I thought I was having horrible devotions because the kids were waking up and they were falling asleep next to me and it wasn't were the times they actually remember and say, mom, I, I remember that time with you. And it made, it made an impact in my life. Mm-hmm. And I found that God, God just likes to hang likes to be with us. And so I would just say for parents, man, lift the, take the guilt off right now. And just really, it's a journey that God loves you. He loves you and your kids more than you can even imagine. He's going to, he's going to empower you and help you. So, so enjoy that, you know, it realize this, this is the greatest gift that you have to contribute to the world is kids that are stable and love God and are able to go out and raise up that next generation. So awesome. That's I think cool. I have to believe that. <laughs> I think so. I, I think it seems like you kind of believe it. Um, as we kind of get ready to r- wrap up uh, just on time here, just for people that don't have kids, we've talked a lot about having kids, but let's talk mm-hmm. about being a spiritual parent. Uh, maybe yeah. a few thoughts on, okay, I'm not, you know, maybe you're 18 years old watching this or 17. You're not, a, you're not a parent. You, that's not even on your radar. Um, or you are, uh, a person who is, you could have kids, but you don't, or you wanted to, you never did or whatever. But this isn't, th- this message isn't just for people that have children, even though we're talking about Mother's Day and everything. So let's talk about being a spiritual parent. What does that look like? And how can somebody be a spiritual parent? Yeah, definitely. I think the world is is longing for spiritual parents, people that just will take hold of someone and say, I care about you the same way I talked about that. You, you kind of parent with understanding, you look for that that bent in a person, finding people in your life that are willing for you to kind of come alongside them and just pour pour life into them, help give them direction, have them over for dinner. Um, I think spiritual parenting is probably one of the number one needs of our society, not just for people that don't have parents, but for people in general. So whether you have kids, whether you're 18, whether you're 80, um, whether you choose never to have kids. There are, there are so many people that would benefit from you just coming alongside them and saying, I'd like, I'd like to do this journey of life with you. I'd like to give, you know, time and, um, int- and intentionality into seeing you become that person that God called you to be. So I think it's a huge, huge thing. That's awesome. Really good. Well, Hey, thank you so much. Uh, everybody give a silent, uh, live stream clap. She won't be able to hear it. And, uh, but, but she'll feel it coming. The and there line. were no stories about Jake. I, I, man, I didn't have time to. It's like, I almost like I designed these questions intentionally. Not, yeah. <laughs> hear embarrassing stories about me in other messages. So, uh, we'll, I'll tell, I'll tell them myself and make myself turn out to be a hero somehow. Okay. That's good. Um, so good. Uh, thank you so much for this time. I love you, mom. And, uh, happy love- mother's day. You're the absolute best. Every guy, every, every kid, tell your mom, you love them. They're the best. Woo! Moms, That's we right. celebrate you. 
God bless you guys. Keep, keep, stay tuned in. We're going to give you some more announcements here in just a second. Wasn't that awesome? That was such a wonderful time. Um, you know, like Pastor Kim said, if you want to say thank you to her with a Starbucks card, you can always send that Starbucks card to me. No, I'm teasing. One of the things that uh, Pastor Kim said when she was talking, she's saying that we all have one life. And whether you are a parent or not a parent, you have one life. And the most important decision any of us can make with that one life is to give it back to God. You know, we believe in a God who is so awesome that he wants a relationship with you. And every single one of us have done something in our life, some wrong, some sort of sin where we have cut off that relationship. But thank God he sent his son Jesus for every single one of us to take on the punishment for that sin in our life, to die for us, to come back from the dead for us, and so that we can have new life with God. And so we just want to have an opportunity for you today to be able to decide to give your life to Jesus. Maybe Maybe you aren't currently following Jesus. We want you to have that opportunity. And so today, if wherever you're watching, if you don't currently follow God, would you right now say this prayer with me? It's not a magic prayer. It's just you simply saying, God, I'm putting my faith and I'm putting my trust in you. I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you are believing that you're going to follow Jesus right now today, would you just also say this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you created us on on purpose and for a purpose, that you created us for relationship with you, God. God, I know that I have done wrong in my life, and Lord, I pray that you will forgive me for that wrong. God, I put my faith and my trust in you, in you, Jesus. I believe that you lived, that you were God, that you were raised from the dead, and I put my faith and trust in you. Help me learn how to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we want to connect with you. Would you text the word decided to the number on the screen? We want to get in contact with you. This is the most important decision you you can make in your whole life. And we want to help you on your journey of following Jesus. So please take a minute and text that number. Man, we're so glad that every single one of you joined with us today. Don't forget about our Mother's Day drive through happening tonight at 5.30 p.m. That's happening at 2940 Chad Drive from 5.30 to 6 p.m. You can come drive through, get a gift for mom, and just be able to say hello to everybody. We're so excited for that. We hope to see you guys all at that. Right after service today, our Zoom groups are happening, our connect groups. Judah is going to show you right after when I say goodbye, he's going to show you how to get connected onto those connect groups. And if you've never done Next Track right now, this is when you can connect onto Next Track. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you again next week.